Thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. In this series, host Daniel J. Marino, Managing Partner of Lumina, talks to top experts and thought leaders in healthcare to help you navigate on the journey to value-based care in the ever-changing landscape of the industry. The goal of this series is to bring you disruptive success strategies by leveraging Lumina's experiences, stories, and insights from working with health professionals and organizations across the country. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think about the episode and any questions that are top of mind. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Daniel Marino. Welcome to another episode of Value-Based Care Insights. As we focus on organizations making the transition both through this next version of the pandemic, as well as kind of thinking about how they need to position themselves for 2022, a common theme of physician leadership continues to emerge. And we're seeing leadership needs both, as I mentioned, from the physician standpoint, but also on how, what the next generation of the executive leadership, what those requirements need to be, how they need to reposition themselves to really think differently, getting us past COVID, evolving to the changes within our industry and continuing to position the organizations for success. We're really excited at Lumina to be partnering with a group, IPMA, IPMA is a leadership development organization who's been around for many, many years, has worked with many physician leaders over the years and helping them to develop their leadership skills. We've heard from so many executives over the past number of months that they could really use additional support in the area of, say, financial management, managed care contracting, but more importantly, understanding some of the key leadership capabilities that are important on continuing to build strong teams and drive a lot of success. As we talk to many leaders around the country, and as I mentioned, I I talk to folks all the time, they're challenged with helping physicians manage, say, through some of the, the challenges with COVID and some of the burnout factors. There was a lot of pressure on physicians, if you recall last year, to both manage the COVID patients, manage the patients with current chronic diseases, if you will, manage some of the mental health and the anxiety issues that are there. And not to mention current CEOs and vice president of operations and so forth, helping to motivate their teams to make sure we're all accomplishing what we need to accomplish, both in terms of the financial obligations we have but also in really taking care of our patients. As a result, here at Lumina, we felt really strongly about creating some type of an education program that would help give back to the physician leaders, to the executive leaders, to the individuals who needed to really develop their organizations and their teams different. I'm really pleased today to be joined by Doug McKinley. Doug is a clinical psychologist, has worked with Lumina and the Lumina Leadership Institute for some time. And I'm also joined today by Dr. Sherry Olson, a family medicine physician with Ascent Physician Leadership, which is also part of IPMA. So the virtual conference that we are beginning to coordinate is going to occur on October 14th. It's going to be from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. And it's focusing on 
leading for results, building a collaborative leadership model. And collaboration is really important on a number of fronts. One, collaborating physicians and executive leaders, but also creating a sense of collaboration and coordination around the teams. Doug, give me your thoughts on the conference. What were, where did this really begin at? And what are you hoping to accomplish as we start to talk to folks around the country on helping to develop their leadership skills? Yeah, I'm happy to. I think I've, uh, Dan, you know, recently I wrote a book and I was talking to a colleague of mine, two colleagues, we were at breakfast and they, they were, they're people I'm very comfortable with. And they, they kind of looked at me and said, why'd you write a book? There's so many out there. Why would you do that? <laughs> And I was like, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate the affirmation there. And I remember my response was very, uh, very unedited. It was like, because it's my version of the narrative that I'm leading in. And, it's, and I think it's worth doing. I think the same thing about why have another conference, right? We have these all the time. We have now we have virtual conferences all the time. Well, it's, I think it's, I think it's unique to the kind of work that we've been able to do um, in the organizations, Dan, that you and I get to work with. So I think that's one. The second one is for years, I've been telling leaders that because this specifically is a leadership conference that leaders historically pre-COVID, we need to reinvent ourselves about every two years. And Dan, that leaders never even, they, they were like, what? Most people are still leading from the same toolkit they got 25 years ago. And I would, I was radical in saying two years, reinvent yourself every two years. And they would be like, I can't keep up with that. I said, I know. I would tell you today in, you know, what is it, September in 2021, I think it's every six months. I think leaders have to reinvent themselves every six months. It might even be less than that. And we need to have conversations. We need to get together and talk about this stuff and how they may be small changes, but they're they have big impacts. I agree with you, Doug. And, you know, especially when you think about leadership and, and leaders these days, it's very easy for all of us as leaders to kind of get stuck in our ways, right? Just to, be, to, to get used to the way that we've always done it. Right. And, you know, sometimes with a lot of the, the, the challenges that we have, both internally, externally, you know, uh, mentally, operationally, all of those aspects of things. The key is to really think about how we need to develop our skills, evolve our skills to really meet the needs of what's being required in, in today's environment. Yep. And you can't put a new wine in old wineskins, right? You have to shift. The other thing that's cool about this conference is we're actually modeling what we're teaching. We came together as two organizations and we're actually collaborating uh, by doing this conference. And so you're going to get to experience us working together and, and we're collaborating in uh, right in the conference with you. And so we hope to model that well and see what real collaborative leadership can look like. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and I'll tell you, the collaboration piece is so critical because yep. a strong leader doesn't just lead by themselves. A yep. strong, the success of a leader is how they collaborate, how they interact, and, and how they really, you know, motivate their teams. Sherry, you know, as, as I look at the agenda, there's three important concepts that I think find, I find fascinating in this conference. And it's really around leading yourself, leading your team, leading your organization. How did you come up with those? What are those, you know, the key things that, you know, you, you really feel are important as, as you're building a leader around those three concepts? 
Well, one of the skills IPMA brings to the table is the fact that we have a long history of education. And in doing assessments of what people are looking for, what physicians are looking for, we've done uh, so much education with physicians and and physician leaders and, and other physicians. And they're asking for this content. They're asking how they can learn both the business side of medicine, the the technical skills um, involved uh, in medicine and in leadership today, but also those uh, self-awareness or emotional regulation skills. And how can they make their organizations better? You know, physicians are being asked to lead in companies now, in healthcare companies and in, in healthcare systems because they have that 15 years of clinical expertise and people want them to be at the helm, but they don't necessarily didn't learn in medical school how to be leaders and how to run teams and how to change their organization. So we just feel that all three of those components gives us something to talk about in this conference and focus on um, slightly different aspects in each topic, both leading yourself, leading your team and leading your organization. You know, you bring up a an interesting point. And I had the opportunity oh, a couple of weeks ago to speak with Deborah Leventhal, who executive director of IPMA. And one of the things that we discussed was that there's more and more physicians who are starting to take the helm, become leaders, whether it's, you know, leading a hospital or leading a clinical service line or developing certain clinical services we're seeing more and more physicians assuming those roles. And the interesting thing that Deb brought up was that, you know, these physicians are extremely well-trained in their particular specialty, right? They've gone to school for many years. They've had fellowships. They're exceptional at what they do. And now they're placed in a role where they're not that familiar with it, right? So they need to learn how to become strong leaders combined with their strong clinical services. And as I begin to look at these three concepts is certainly around leading yourself. I think that's gotta be an important takeaway to help the physicians, right? Very much so, Dan. I um, think back to, you know, I'm in the autumn of my career now, but, but when I was first starting out, Um, You know, I was a great medical student, a great resident. I got things done. I was rewarded by the system for seeing the most patients, you know, having the highest patient satisfaction scores, having a full practice. The things that you're rewarded for are things you can do yourself, basically things that you can manage yourself, you know, your test taking, your work ethic, those kinds of things, your your God-given gift of intelligence. In a leadership training about Oh, 10 years into my career, I had the opportunity to go through a 360 degree feedback, which is a tool to help bring self-awareness to you as a leader. And one of the things we'll be talking about at the conference is trying to do some of these assessments to help figure out how others see you. Well, I did very well with the people that I, you know, reported to me. I did very well with my peers. But the, the, the people who I reported to really scored me lower. And it was a really, um, at the time, I don't think I had any mentorship or guidance into what to do with that information. Um, so it rankled and I took it, um, I took it uh, personally. Uh, Now I look back and think what an opportunity for growth, what an opportunity for me to learn 
from that um, to improve my EQ uh, to be as, uh, or emotional quotient as, as well as my uh, performance and IQ work that I was doing. Oh, that had to be just great feedback early in your career. And, and not to mention humbling, right? Because humbling, it's yes. hard to hear get that feedback, especially from the people you're reporting to. You know, ultimately it led to me, you know, making some changes and, you know, moving, uh, moving on in a slightly different way um, because of that feedback. I wish that I would have had something like this conference and like some of the suggestions for how to deal with that kind of feedback that we're going to offer um, at the conference that would have, have, allowed me to process it in a less um, threatening, threatening, a threatening way. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. One, one of the things I had happened to me, Sherry, I was, I would, when I was running a clinic, I had 10 psychologists working for me. I hired a coach and the coach told me the Michael Gerber statement out of the book, Emoth. He said, you need to learn how to work on the business, Doug, not just in the business. For me, Dan, that was the big shift. I was like, oh yeah, that's obviously I should know how to run the business. I was too busy seeing patients and taking care of my patients to realize the business wasn't being led. I was right. just, I was a, I was a player coach, right? I was out on the field playing and I, I was really good at it. That insights are just priceless. So. Well, when we think about leading yourself first and then leading your team, Doug, talk about what, what are the key things that, what, why is that important? Like, why do you have to really think about leading yourself? And, and what are those key things, I guess, that you need to consider that that helps you be a better leader. Well, I think self-awareness provides more choices. That's my my motto. And so if I'm not if I'm not paying attention like I wasn't in the in the mid 90s, I didn't realize all of the tools that were available to me. So I didn't have access to those choices. So learning about yourself, what Sherry's going to cover in this workshop is so important because we have to, we're, we're the tool, like leaders are, we're the golden goose. Like that's where things happen. And if we aren't, if we aren't activating all of the potential inside of us, then we're, 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 they're very self-limiting kinds of beliefs that are happening. And the organization doesn't get the access to our beautiful gifts that are, that might be lying dormant there. Well, and that probably gets back, Sherry, to what you were saying, right? Going through this 360 allowed you to kind of look in the mirror, so to speak, right? To think about, well, how do we need to do this differently? And I would think once you come up with that aha moment, then all of a sudden that elevates you as a leader in a different level. There wasn't such a term when I was going through this as emotional quotient, but there's a lot of good research now that shows that organizations prefer people with high EQ more than they do high IQ. So they would rather hire somebody that, that has the elements of strong leadership, like empathy and good communication skills and self-awareness that we're talking about. And the really good news for us as um, learners is that that's teachable. You can um, have those aha moments and then you can work with someone mentoring you or coaching you to actually improve those. And one really important point is even if you don't have the time or money to hire a coach, one of the things we're going to teach you is work with one of your partners 
um, bring in one of your colleagues and say, hey, we're going to go into this meeting. I've got something I want to bring up. Um, you know, can you watch to see how I do? And just after the meeting, give me some feedback on how it went. I want you to, you know, be giving me some input. And you can, you can pick a colleague or a friend or somebody that can give you some of that feedback every day. Yeah. And that becomes that level of feedback is so powerful. And I think it, it does take an ability to kind of open yourself up and to be ready for that feedback, (laughs) positive and negative. But I think once you get it, and if you can truly take it for what it's worth, boy, that becomes so powerful. And then I, I would think then that sends such a powerful message to your team, right? And and Doug, you know, as as, a, as we look at you know those those elements that are important in managing your team, I think it begins with really trust, right? Establishing that that trust factor as an element. Of, of, of really, I don't know, collaboration, of being able to, you know, performance, of meeting folks where they're at, and, and just overall making the work environment that much more productive and pleasurable. Yeah, I think that's a great segue, Dan. I think self-awareness, pe- people are not going to trust you if you're not self-aware. <laughs> so if we're going we're gonna to talk about leading teams, one of my why do we need to talk about that? Well, I've come to realize and through my mentor that really for a leader, like an athlete, the only way to know if they're any good is to see them in a game. When a leader's leading a meeting, that is like game time. That is the one place where you could see all of the leader's capabilities at play or not. And so I've, I've come to believe that how you lead a team is the number one evidence to whether you're going to be effective as a leader. Most leaders are measured by their results. That's why we called our, our conference leading by with results. However, the way you get those results in this environment is through collaboration. I absolutely agree. You know, I, I think back, I'm, of course, from Chicago, and I always watch, you watch the Bulls growing up, right? And Michael Jordan was the epitome of all basketball stars. And when he was by himself, when he was with the team initially, he did everything by himself, right? Scored all these points, 69 points one time against Boston. I mean, it was absolutely incredible, but it wasn't until he got to the point where he realized that we need to build some collaboration here in order to truly make ourselves effective. It wasn't until that a point that point that the bulls really started to win and really saw their, their capabilities. Yeah. It's being played out now in pop culture through the new, the new show called Ted Lasso. <laughs> For those oh. listening, you know, that you got to make that second pass. You got to make that pass. You can't take the goal every time, but I, I just recently had a, a, a story that I thought would be helpful. So now routinely when I coach leaders, I tell them, I want to come see you run a meeting. And so I flew to the, the site. Um, this was during COVID too. It was a, a time when the, you know, when the pandemic had kind of tailed down. And I've sat in the meeting and observed. I'd never met any of the team members and I just met the leader. And I watched this leader kick it off, did a really good job of starting the meeting. And then Sherry, you've probably seen this before, probably six minutes in, his, his team started reporting out some were live, some were virtual. And he got on his cell phone, the leader did. And he's texting, his head was down. Really important information was being communicated. So I literally cleared my throat and said, you know, try to get his attention. Didn't even, didn't even see me. 
And here, yeah. here's the thing that here's the kicker. So I, I sat through the middle. He did a couple other things that were just demonstrating to me how much work we had to do in our, we just starting our engagement. But at the end, when I reviewed with him, what I, what I observed, he's like, Oh, that's no big deal. We all do that. Well, I, in, <laughs> you have to wonder, not only did it send the wrong verbal message because he wasn't participating, but the nonverbal message right. there to his team. I mean, it almost, I would see, you know, of course I wasn't there, but it, in my mind, it would, I, I would lead me to believe that, well, he doesn't really care, right? That he's got these other things going on and maybe that's the higher, the higher priority. We did a talk last year on um, the, the right way and wrong way to communicate during COVID as a leader. And, you know, there was chaos happening and, and physicians were feeling threatened and, you know, frontline workers didn't have enough. And there were snippets out on YouTube of both good and bad examples of communicating with these yep. frontline workers. And there were some that were so tone deaf, you know, right. this is the job you signed up for. This is what you stop whining. You're not a, you know, you're not a bus driver. You're a physician yep. uh, versus other people who responded to the, you know, with empathy to the chaos and, you know, sent out daily video updates of how good people were doing in trying times, et cetera. And so something about, you mentioned COVID at the start of things, sometimes, sometimes obviously disasters or challenges can really yeah. lead us to change and to an awareness of the need for change. Sherry, when I, you know, I've worked with many, many physicians over the years, and I've often said that my favorite physicians that I've worked with are those that have been obviously ex exceptional clinicians um, strategically understand where they need to, to take uh, the organization from a clinical standpoint. And then, you know, I came in and partnered with them on the, on the business side. As we start to think about those elements that are important in leading a team, you know, this is a whole new area for physicians, right? The ability to be able to collaborate, the ability to be able to, you know, give attention in the right area, the ability to be able to, to grow their teams, what are your thoughts then in, in terms of how the physicians need to evolve themselves to really lead their teams and to become truly effective as they're placed in these high profile roles? Well, it, you know, the very last slide of ours uh, that, that Lucy and I are presenting on October 14th shows the, the path to leadership. And it's not a straight one. It's a curvy, cur circuitous, sideways, backwards uh, route. But it has to be one of constant evolution, constant assessment, constant feedback on your performance, and then working to change your organization if it's not supportive of you as uh, of individual leaders. You know, something that is really important and near to and dear to mine and Lucy's heart is the you know the issues around non-traditional leaders and you know how we are set up as potentially organizations to not support uh, those leaders. And so we're going to touch on what you can do as an individual in, if you're a woman or a person of color, uh, and also what can an organization do and how can we help organizations change to become more supportive or built in a different way so that they support um, all different types of leaders coming of in. Leaders as they begin to evolve, yeah. So Doug, when, when I look at these three concepts, leading yourself, leading your team, which obviously is critically important. But then the last one we have, leading your organization. 
why are the first two so critical to really driving the success of the organization, right? I, I speak a little bit around some of those key concepts that are that are critical as we think about leading the organization. Well, I think historically we've we've tried to lead the organization without the other two. So I would say a lot of there are still a lot of leaders that believe that's possible. You don't need to be self-aware and you certainly don't need to build camaraderie or a tribe. And so I think it's newer data that came with the data when emotional intelligence became popular, Sherry. I think the idea that you build a cohesive, trusting organization is relatively new in the last 20 years, 15 years, probably. So I would say the answer to that question, Dan, is simply that for sustainability, <laughs> we know if you look at Jim Collins' work on how the mighty fall, um, after his good to great book, we know that how the mighty fall is they become hubris and they lack self-awareness. Yeah. And so great organizations that are built to last, build from the inside out, from the bottom up and create self-awareness, you know, cohesive teams, and then they can align. Now they have buy-in, which the whole section around organizational le leadership is about aligning the missions, right? Aligning the uh, the organizational strategy. And Dan, you and I both, we spent a lot of time trying to help organizations do this. And it's just un unbelievable how naive people are. They think because they just throw out a strategy that people are going to follow them. And yeah, they or you just put out a budget and you have to, you know, you work towards that budget goal, right? I can right. remember early on in my in my career, I reported to um, the CFO of the organization and he, great CFO, but he was, he, he felt like the whole organization should only be focused on achieving the budget goals, the budget of the departments, that sort of thing. And, you know, for a while there it worked, but then it got, then people got burned out and, right. and many people felt like they missed, he missed the other piece of it, right? You know, the connection with the patients and certainly connection with the, with the physicians and so forth. And you're right, Doug, you, you it's really, not yeah. When you're thinking about leading the organization, you have to think about all of those pieces because it's not sustainable. Sherry, any, any final thoughts from your perspective? I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conference. I think it's going to be great. And as you said, I think it's, it's a different type of conference based on the content that we're going to have, the faculty that we're going to have. Any comments or any any closing thoughts you might have that you can share? Well, you know, one of the things that uh, we at IPMA are excited to partner with you at Lumina about is to bring really good education. So we know that everybody's got a webinar they can go watch, but we're working real hard to make our webinar be very interactive to have it be very participatory. Um, there's going to be videos and role plays and it's, it's gonna be a, a quick three hours of content. And our goal is to leave you with resources and um, action plans that you can actually start that, that same day or the next day. So it's not something that you're going to have to, you know, study a long time or, or take a lot um, of effort to incorporate into your day-to-day -day practice. Um, and so the next steps I think are going to be very practical and very uh, doable. Well, it, and it, what I'm excited about too is it's, I think these are great concepts that the attendees could start to put in practice right now. And exactly. you know, 
Doug, you know, as you mentioned, you and I have been working with organizations for many years. We've talked about this for many, many years. And I think the ability to be able to combine the key leadership skills with those business acumen components that will really drive the success, both from the individual standpoint, from the team standpoint, from the organization standpoint. I'm really excited to hear how that's going to really drive some of the success and what some of the, the attendees are really going to get out of the, the conference. I think it's quite exciting. I like the saying that you are eloquently designed to get the results you're getting. And so if, if you're uh, if you're comfortable with the results you're getting, then don't attend our conference. But if you'd like to up your game, it's time we have conversations. And this will be the hopefully the way you can initiate that uh, change inside yourself, your team, and your organization. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm, I, I think this is also too, from a personal standpoint, just a great way for all of us, you know, Luminar Leadership Institute, as well as IPMA, to give a little back to the industry to really help the physician leaders and, and so forth, and, and executive leaders, not just physicians for that matter. I think that's important. We are giving the money away to a, a charity. This is not about money, this is all about the education. I, I'm proud of the fact that this team, both both organizations committed to that. Really, the uh, the entrance fee is really just a, a way for us to give back. So please yeah. join us and be a part of this conversation. Well, and there also is CME attached to it, too, which is, oh, that's right. is great. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, there'll be a maximum of three credits. So, you know, again, I couldn't agree more. It's more of an opportunity to really give something back and to help executives, physicians really develop their, their leadership skills. Well, Sherry, Doug, thank you again for, for joining me today. I'm really excited about the conference. For our listeners, if, if anybody is interested in it, you can find the details at luminahp.com slash events. It's right on our homepage. Or you can go to the ipmamedied.org and you'll see it on their homepage as well. The conference is entitled Leading for Results, Building a Collaborative Leadership Model. As we mentioned, it'll be on October 14th, 2021, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. There is a small fee attached to it, but we are donating all the the money, as, as Doug said, to Doctors Without Borders. And um, physicians who attend do have an opportunity to get three CME credits. So we really hope that um, many of our listeners will sign up. Again, you can look at the luminahp.com slash events page or the IPMA website as well for more information. So in closing, again, we, we feel strongly that both executive and physician leadership development is critical to our industry. And it's, it's so important given all of the challenges we have within our industry, financial, collaborating with physicians, meeting the needs of our patients, the continued pandemic, there's just a lot going on. And we strongly believe that the more we can help to evolve physicians, executives into strong leaders, the better the organization, the better success we're all gonna have. And frankly, we're all in this together. So we really hope that you all could attend and again, if you do more information, there'll be information attached to our liner notes as part of the podcast today. And until next time, my name is Daniel Marino. Thank you for listening. This is Value-Based Care Insights. Thank you. Take care. 
We want to thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights Podcast by Lumina Health Partners. Lumina is your partner on a journey to value-based care and all the pivots and challenges our industry faces daily. To learn more about us, visit us on LuminaHP.com. If you found value in today's conversation, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple and Spotify, and leave us feedback. Be sure to check out our show notes at LuminaHP.com insights. Join us again where we continue to take a deep dive into what lies ahead and invite conversations with some of our colleagues and industry thought leaders on new trends that are emerging and how we continue to navigate and thrive. Until then, have a great day and stay safe.